1: Head over to homethreads.com slash D I J F Y, short for dinner not I
0: Just Feed You, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. Home Threads,
1: love where you live. That's homethreads.com backslash D I J F Y today to get 15% off your first order. Armoire makes getting dressed easy with a clothing rental membership from Armoire.
2: I call it high-intensity interval cooking. When you do do that, you come away with a lot of lessons and you learn a lot about the way you like to cook and you learn about sort of this the kitchen ecosystem you can create if you're cooking frequently. And then you can kind of take those skills with you when you aren't doing cooking idea or when you're being a little bit less intentional.
1: Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You?
2: A podcast about feeding us kids.
0: Hey, I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stacey, before we jump in, I have a really funny story I want to share. Tell me, tell me. I'll be so quick. Okay. We just had a friend, one of my daughter's friends, over for a play date recently. And they came like around. they came back from a Girl Scout event around lunchtime. And everyone was hungry. So I made lunch. I made grilled cheese and like a veggie fruit platter, kind of snacky thing. And I set the table, and every, my kids sat at the table. Our playdate sat at the table. Brian, my husband, sat at the table. And then I ran downstairs to get more paper because we were all coloring. And our little playdate friend followed me downstairs, and she said, "Um, I I want to tell you something about why I can't eat the lunch that you made." It's like, oh, okay. Trying to take her as seriously as possible. She's like, I recently listened to an episode of a podcast about poison. <laughs> and <laughs> I can't going. eat the lunch that you made for me because I'm worried that you might be trying to poison me. Oh my God. You guys. <laughs> I literally like, I tried to keep the straightest face possible because I just like, did, how do you even respond to that? What did
1: you say? I was, I
0: literally was like, well, Um, to be clear, I'm not trying to poison you. Everyone is eating the same lunch. (laughs) And and I said, honestly, I'm not really sure, like, if I should offer you something else because how would you know I wasn't trying to poison you with something else? And she was like, that's a really good point.
1: Oh, my God. I feel like you, you, like – sprayed a little extra
0: gasoline on her fire. I know. I know. Well, and then I was texting with my best friend afterwards being like, how do you even, like, what do you even respond to that? It's like one of those feeding kids situations that I've never experienced before. And I think of myself as very prepared. Like I know how to respond to my kids when they whine about food or when they reject food, but I've never had someone accuse me of poisoning them before.
1: That is and amazing.
0: My very best friend was like the only response, the only appropriate response to that is a wink and a smile.
1: Oh, that's <laughs> the best. <laughs> that wins everything in the world ever. Um. Anyways, kids. Oh my God, we need like a thousand sound effects behind that. That's a the best story. A clap and laughs and. <laughs>
0: I love it. I love it. (laughs) All right. All right. We have a really great interview about leftovers. Yeah. How do we, I was going to say, like,
1: how do we segue? Just do it. Just Just do it. it. We're just doing it. From poisoning to leftovers. (laughs) Some kids act like you are trying to poison them when you give them leftovers. Yes.
0: But we have a a new (laughs) strategy that we learned from our guest, David Tamarkin of Epicurious, called Nextovers. And I think a lot of it is like how you, how we're rethinking leftovers as meal prep.
1: Yeah. So originally we were going to name this episode and maybe we still will. We haven't named it yet. Yeah. Intentional leftovers, right? Yes. Yes. So I don't know. Do you cook with intentional leftovers in mind or do you meal plan? Forget about cooking. Do you meal plan with intentional leftovers in mind? Sometimes I do.
0: Yeah. Especially like if I'm making something in the instant pot or the slow cooker, like a big batch of chicken or pork, And I know that it's too much for my family to eat in one dinner. I plan intentional leftovers. And always, you know, for a long time we did Pizza Friday as a way to use up leftovers. Yep. And just put them on pizza. So yes and no. I don't think I've taken it to this level of like really planning for leftovers. What about you? Do you plan for leftovers? Yeah.
1: So you know that I'm sort of like in between meal planning and meal prepping at this like season of parenthood. So I used to meal plan... With intentional leftovers in mind, definitely. Again, not quite to the level that David and his team take it. Yes. So they've written a book called Cook 90 that he's gonna tell us about too. That's a really amazing resource. But in my book, Make It Easy, I almost forgot the name of it, I talk about this. I, you know, there's a section in the beginning with tips on meal planning where I say cook once, eat twice. And it was really just about, you know, grains. Um, those slow-cooked pulled meats that you can do either in the slow cooker or in the Instant Pot. You can listen to our previous episodes on both. You know, where it's like, if you're going to cook rice, Just instead of cooking rice for that dinner, cook rice in a bigger batch and have it for two dinners, and then plan meals accordingly. So you could have rice and beans on Monday, and then maybe plan fried rice for Thursday, you know, and you can do that with all grains. Same, you can do that with pasta, you can do that with beans and legumes. Um, Like I said, uh, meats are really good to plan ahead for Um, if you're going to roast a whole chicken and your family doesn't eat the whole chicken all at once, you can plan around the leftover pulled chicken that you pull off of the carcass, what's left after you've finished your main dinner. So I think it's a really smart strategy. Now that I meal prep more or on weeks when I do meal prep, I feel like intentional leftovers and in meal prep, they're kind of a funny fit, right? There's a little bit of overlap. Yeah. They're,
0: they're definitely a hand in hand sort of strategy, right?
1: Right. I mean, you know, like the other last week I cooked so many beets. <laughs> we had beets <laughs> for days. Oh All yeah. You shared like,
0: that meal prep on your Instagram. I gram. did. In, in, you're on your Instagram. Oh my, my God. Instant
1: gram. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at Stacy Billis on Instagram. But yes. I also think that you regrammed at Didn't I Just Feed You? Yes. And hey, while we're mentioning Instagram, you are at Stir and Scribble. Stir and Scribble. But sorry, you were saying about Oliver and the beats. Oh yeah, that he he was saying his pee was red all week. <laughs> I <laughs> was just a totally useless aside. Um, but I had tons of beets. So I originally made them thinking about a beet salad to go with one particular meal, but then I ended up having so many leftover that I worked them into two other subsequent meals that I hadn't meal planned for, but I had leftovers because I just prepped so many of them. So um yeah, David will talk about all of this. So I do kind of So Megan, what are your favorite types of recipes to use for leftovers when you haven't planned around them specifically? Oh, such an on-the-spot question, Stacey. Okay,
0: Um, frittatas. I'm thinking recently we did a pasta frittata, which pasta is one of those things you always have leftovers of. We had a whole episode about nachos, which – We both love nachos for using up leftovers and getting our kids to eat more veggies. Love that. You sort of mentioned the idea of like stir fries or fried rice, which are really great for using up leftovers. What about you? Do you have a couple of recipes that you think are perfect for using up leftovers? Tacos. We put everything in tacos. Oh, (laughs) that's a good
1: one. Um, Soups are really good. You know, listen, I think that in the beginning, if you end up having leftovers that you haven't intentionally planned for, so you don't have a specific meal for them, that you can just really keep it simple and just throw it in a pita pocket or in a tortilla and, you know, kind of go with it, you know, or in a sandwich. But I find that if you are going to try to work with intentional leftovers that the best thing to do is to keep it really simple. Start with roasted veggies, simply cooked meats, roasted meats, a roast chicken, poached chicken, and then you'll find that it's really easy to repurpose from there. Because otherwise, it starts to get a little bit more complicated because then you have to kind of work with, you know, work around flavor profiles. You know, the other tricky thing I will say, and we talk about this a little bit with David, is that... um, understanding how to reheat things well and what reheats well gets a little tricky too.
0: I think that's kind of a perfect segue into our really great interview
1: with David. I loved talking to David. David Tamarkin is the digital director of Epicurious, and he's also the author of Cook 90, the 30-day plan for faster, healthier, happier meals. His words and recipes have appeared in Bon Appetit, Condé Nast Traveler, Gourmet, Every Day with Rachel Ray, Food Network magazine, The Guardian, details Time Out New York and Time Out Chicago, where he was the food editor for many years. And we were so thrilled to have him on Didn't I Just Feed You? So, David, for Didn't I Just Feed You listeners who maybe haven't heard of your concept of next overs, which I don't know who those people are, but maybe they exist, can you please just start there? Tell us what this whole next over thing is and what it means.
2: Sure. First, I will say that. I have no idea who invented the term Nextovers. It wasn't me. And it was uh, it came to me by my uh, food director at Epicurious, Rhoda Boone. But she claims that she didn't invent the word either. So we don't know who really. <laughs> she says she saw it in some random cookbook and she can't remember which one. So we're all a little like, oh, we don't want to get sued and, and yeah. by whoever, you know, created the term Nextovers. But we're basically owning it. Because uh, it's such a great term and, it, and it's such a helpful concept. Uh, so what it is, it's it's basically leftovers with intention. I have no no disrespect to leftovers. I think leftovers are a crucial part of home cooking, but I don't always want to eat leftovers. I don't always want to eat the same thing uh, that I ate yesterday or two nights before. Man. So, so with nextovers, uh, the concept is pretty simple. Anytime you're roasting a vegetable, anytime you're making a grain, anytime you are making a protein, like chicken thighs, or even salmon, which is a little controversial, but we can get there, do double, save half of it, and use that cooked vegetable protein grain a night later, or two nights later, or three nights later, in a new way, that's your next over. It basically gets you halfway to dinner with kind of no work that night, do you see what I mean? So basically, you know, I'll give a good example. I'll use an example from the book. Just coincidentally, I'll just I'll just talk about my <laughs> just, book. Yes, tell us uh, the name. You have to yeah. say the
0: name of the book for everyone, yeah. Cook 90. Yeah,
2: the, bu- the book is called Cook 90. Um, and on the cover of the book is uh, some sweet potatoes uh, that are roasted and stuffed with chorizo and sautéed mushrooms and lime cream and mm. cilantro. So for this recipe, assuming you're doing it for a family of four... You, you know, you need four sweet potatoes, but you're going to roast eight. And then the eight that you save for the next night or two nights later, or even three nights later, because I think sweet potatoes uh, keep pretty well, you turn them into a chickpea sweet potato curry. It cuts the time to make the curry at least in half, because the longest part of making that curry would be getting the sweet potatoes from raw to cook. But because they're already cooked, all you got to do is, you know, sweat the onions and the ginger and add, you know, some spices, some coconut milk, chickpeas from a can, which basically consists of about 95% of my diet. And then uh, <laughs> throw in the sweet potatoes, which are already cooked. You just chop them up and put them in and warm them through. It's the last thing you add to the curry. So it's a real game changer for weeknight eating, For well, for cooking in general. And it's all based on the idea that cooking, home cooking is a cycle, that when you cook at home regularly, it becomes a cycle and one meal always leads to the next. And sometimes on Tuesday night, you're it's gonna take 45 minutes, maybe. But on those those nights inform the next night so that the next night can take only 15 minutes if you wanted to.
1: I love this. And I have to say, I'm gonna call it a genius idea because I kind of touched on something like this in my first cookbook, make it easy. I wasn't smart enough to dub it Nextovers or give it a very clever name.
2: Well, maybe. <laughs> did, are you sure? Because maybe that's where we read I it. I did it.
1: I did it. I did it. <laughs> Believe me, I'd grab that real quick if I did. Um, <laughs> and I actually didn't even go quite as deep as you guys. I had this idea of like cook once, eat twice that I embedded in my tips for meal planning, right? So for me, it was just like talking to parents, like think about your basics. And again, I did focus more on like the veg and the grains and the sides, because I thought that was a really easy place for beginner cooks and really harried family cooks to start. So if you're making rice, why would you just make tonight's rice? Like make tonight's rice and Wednesday night's rice. Like just do it all right now and get it done with. Um, So it's the same idea, but I feel like you guys have taken it one step further, um, which leads me to my next question. For me, this idea of next overing goes hand in hand with meal planning does it for you as well? Or is this something that you feel like you can do on the fly? Or does it really depend on the cook?
2: Well, that's a really interesting question, because I think that the reason why you hit on a next Nextover's-like idea in your cookbook, and we did, and there are certainly other cookbooks that, and food writers out there who have hit on similar ideas. The reason why we all hit on this idea is because it's a very natural part of daily home cooking. It just happens when you, when you become a regular home cook, a daily home cook. This is just how, I mean, am I allowed to cuss on this show? I was yes, about to yeah, say, oh, we like. oh, it. okay, cool. So <laughs> uh, that, that's, a, that's just how it gets done, right? Yes. I mean, that's, if you just get into that rhythm. So for me, I, I think everything goes back to the meal plan for me. I mean, I like to only shop once a week. I like to not have the question of what I'm going to eat. Eat for dinner. Um, I like to know what I'm making for dinner when I get home from work. I just like to. I like to be prepared. And so for me, the and you know the I build the next overs into my meal plans, and it just keeps me organized. It keeps my cooking as interesting and as fast as I want it to be. Now maybe later we can talk about. I don't think that all cooking needs to be fast. I kind of don't like the idea that all cooking has to be fast. But I realize it's you know sometimes I do want to cook fast, and then I can control that with next overs. But that said, I think that um, Nextover is a great way for cooking on the fly, too. I mean, it's basically what you said. Like, when cooks just sort of learn that – how do I say this? I guess I guess once you start Nextovering, it kind of gets in your blood. And every time you make a pot of rice, you will never make just one cup of rice again. You will never make just, like, a little, you know, half a pound of beans again. You'll make the whole pound of beans because totally. you know – that there's so many ways you can use it. And, you know, when it comes to rice and beans, you can freeze those things and those, you know, if you can't use it that week. So I think it works for both. I think it works for on-the-fly cooking and it works for, uh for you know, more planned out cooking.
0: I, um, Stacey and I both, like, disagree about meal planning and meal prep. Like, Stacey's more of a meal prepper than a planner. Like, she'll cook a bunch of things on the weekend and then just basically next over those into dinners, whereas I like to plan and I feel like my weekend doesn't have time for meal prep, but I feel like the idea of intentional leftovers is a way that someone who's a meticulous planner can sort of integrate meal prep into their week. So what I want to ask next is what are your favorite dishes to cook as next overs? I know you said you eat a lot of chickpeas and we talked about sweet potatoes.
2: I eat a lot of, I just eat a lot of beans. I just, I recently, I finally got into the Rancho Gordo Bean Club. Are you, you know about this?
1: (laughs) Yes. 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 And we'll link in the show notes for anyone
0: who's not familiar. No, I'm not a member. No.
2: It took me six months or eight months to get off the waiting list. But then I I, I finally got my first shipment and I, I have never been so happy. I feel like I know what it's like to, you know, see your baby for the first time (laughs) yes exactly i'm like i never knew i could love something this much (laughs) you know i'm gonna be with you forever until i boil you and eat you Um, (laughs) yes okay so um i love i love that that distinction you guys make between prep and plan that's great i'm gonna use that and i will credit you because that's that that is such a good and interesting distinction and that's so real but i've never put words to it before (laughs) but you yeah. guys have. So thank you. I want to, th- uh, so the things in, um, the things I love to next over the most, the things I think worked the best are legumes and grains and roasted vegetables. So I love, uh, you know, it just makes so much sense that these things that take a little bit of time. So, you know certainly if you're going to do something like brown rice it takes 45 minutes you cook a big batch because that is a big chunk of time but anytime uh i love roasted carrots i have recipes in the book for um a sh- kind of a sheep hand meal that's that you start roasting the carrots and then you know maybe half an hour through uh you throw some pork loin, some spiced pork loins on ten- tenderloins and then that meal's you know, everything's cooked, then you save half the carrots and you throw it on a, a flatbread later in the week, sort of like have this carrot um, pizza situation. I just think that those things really last a, a long time and they, and they sort of age well, if you will. Um, certainly beans and grains do. Rice, I love as a breakfast. Any grain I love as for breakfast. I mean, I think that it's so quick if you have bulgur or quinoa or rice in the fridge to just throw that into a hot pan with maybe like some pesto and then put a fried egg over it. Yes. Yeah, that sounds like cooking, like, like a lot of cooking in the morning, but I guarantee it can be done before work. It's like really, it's so easy. Yeah, it's you about have the, the same time made. as like
0: just scrambling some eggs.
2: Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you get that, and you get carbs, and they're yeah. good carbs and
1: proteins. I have I a like, question about the rice yeah. and grains. Do yeah. you ever like make a quick porridge or something like that? Like what are some other ideas that you do with oh, leftover for rice, rice and yeah. grains?
2: Uh, for well, breakfast? okay, so- I, I will make anything sweet because I'm addicted to sugar and I love <laughs> yeah. dessert. So, yes, too. Yeah. So definitely, I love making a, a rice pudding. I think it could be really interesting. I haven't tried this yet, but maybe I will this weekend now that I'm thinking about it. I think it'd be interesting to try like a rice pudding with some next over rice and maybe some oat milk, which I'm really obsessed with right now. So I think that could be nice. Uh, so, uh, but then other, other things for rice, I mean, rice balls, what do you call that? There's a... There's a, there a well, yeah. I was thinking, Wait, arancini. I was thinking, I was thinking more oh. of the Japanese rice bowl, but I like grain pancakes, I think they're yeah. really good and easy and fun, especially if you have some like kimchi in there or some or just regular cabbage, any sort of shredded vegetable. Um, so and I just throw it in the soups a lot. I really like soupy rice, so I'll do like a porridge, like a breakfast porridge, but I'll also do like a nighttime porridge, like, like
1: a congee or else,
2: yes, a congee or like, or, or is like a caldo. We have a recipe on the site for like a d- Filipino calda, which is very congeit yep. but with uh scallions and chicken lime juice hot sauce that kind of thing.
1: I do think that parents need to shift their perspective on breakfast a little bit and be a little bit more open to serving savory because kids are down with it. You know, if your kid is going to eat Eggs or breakfast tacos, I don't know, my kids do. So then why can't we kind of leverage that into other savory breakfasts? you know well, when what
2: I, what do kids usually I mean, what do you think most parents are making pancakes, like, oatmeal
1: waffles, cereals, um, sweet things, oatmeal right. with brown yeah. sugar. I yeah. mean, I toast think, with jam. We yeah. serve sort of mm-hmm. leftovers for mm-hmm.
0: breakfast a lot, though, especially when I'm like in a breakfast rut of like toast and scrambled eggs and oatmeal, I'll just like, for fun, make macaroni and cheese for breakfast, and the kids get so excited about it.
1: Yeah, oh, that's kind of
2: nice. I love that.
1: My that's kids amazing. don't. But, you know, when we went to we went to Hawaii a couple of years ago, and there was one of these like breakfast buffets, and my boys were obsessed with having miso soup with soba noodles yes. every morning. You could make that oh. for breakfast. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> great. I okay. know, and it never occurred to me. I'm like, oh, that's yeah. that's a whole other episode. We
0: have like breakfast. Breakfast alternatives. Yeah.
1: But I want to ask sort of like
0: a contrarian question, which is, are there any foods that are <laughs> not good for next-overing? Oh, Like, yeah. is there anything that you just would not save the leftovers of? Eggs comes to mind.
2: I mean, I think people – oh, eggs. Oh. No, no. Like I, scrambled what, eggs? What kind of like eggs. I would
0: never next-over scrambled eggs. But maybe I should. Tell me.
2: Yeah, so I I wouldn't either, but in Julia Tertian's new book, she says that you can use – leftover scrambled eggs and baked oh, egg salad. which sort of blew that? my mind. I haven't I'm not, I'm not completely sold, convinced, but, now but I, I do think try it's it. a really interesting I think it's a really interesting idea. I mean because, because scrambled eggs is like one of those things where I'm like how do you how do you save them? you just can't. Like you just have to eat these okay or throw them away, you know but- I'm
1: raising <laughs> my hand. I've totally <laughs> saved it. I'm one one of those moms that in the morning, if the boys don't eat their breakfast and I like, I don't know, sometimes, Okay, maybe I was in a crabby mood. And I'm like, what? Like, why are you eating? Like I scrambled these eggs. And then I'm like, I'm saving this for when you get home today. Oh. Like oh. that's gonna be the thing you eat before you ask me for like a granola bars you know, yeah. Z bars and this and that, like every like, you know, snacky thing from the snacky drawer. And, you know, it's not exactly next overing because it's not like a day later but I've wrapped it up. I've put it in the fridge. (laughs) I've pulled out those eggs and then I wrapped it in a tortilla with some black beans and salsa. And I've been like, here's a little after school mini egg burrito, like breakfast burrito. And it's worked. See, I bet that
2: was good. Yeah. See, and I was as you were talking, I was thinking, oh, how amazing would it be to just like scramble a bunch of eggs and then (laughs) wrap wrap them in (laughs) pie dough and like do like these like savory breakfast things not that like people are going to do that on a wednesday morning but um I, I do. I mean, I actually, I'm, I think I'm seeing the light. I think that scrambled eggs could work.
1: I think we have a story here. <laughs> I like this. There like like- is nothing you can't
0: next over is what you guys are trying to say here. I don't know if I agree. I'd like okay, to. Okay, what
1: about well, but fish? Okay, fish. That's fish. Yeah, yes. yes. I wanted to know mention about fish. that. Fish. David, talked to us about fish.
2: Okay, so I do think people are yes, so weird about that's fish, true, just in general, and I, which I kind of I don't really share. Although I will say that I am mm-hmm. weird about shrimp but salmon, I think I am a proponent of next over salmon. And I do have a recipe in the book for next over salmon, though. I do say that you really have to do it the next day and you can't reheat it. So basically what I do is I suggest making a slow roasted salmon. I do it, you know, on a bed of lemons with with a bunch of dill and some broccolini on the sheet tray. Actually, fun fact, no, that broccoli is not on the sheet tray for many, many iterations of the book. It was on a sheet tray and we tested that recipe so many times and it just became one of those recipes that like would never end. (laughs) Like each time someone would test it, they'd be like, "Mm, I think it should be steamed. I think it should be sauteed. I think. And like, I was like, I kind of liked it roasted, but now I feel so insecure because no (laughs) one else liked it roasted. And I kind of wish I had kept it roasted because Alison Roman does it roasted in the Times all the time. I'm like, see, if she can do yeah. it, I can do it. Anyway, so that's just if a chance If Alison
1: Roman does it,
2: I feel. Like, I mean, I kind of. we just yeah, need I'm to give it like, a hashtag, David. It, then...
0: The broccolini. That's what you need to do. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah they're <laughs> going to the make broccolini. a battle. Yeah.
2: Yes. <laughs> so anyway, so so doing some, some slow roasted salmon, which I you know recommend taking out when – just when the salmon's done, so it's you know it's really moist. I guess I even though that sounds yes. weird, but you know what I mean. <laughs> and um and then I do think that 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 next over as well it, because the next day you know you stick it in the fridge. the Next day you can use it cold. And what I do the next day is I put it in a uh, sort of a grain bowl situation where the grain is chickpeas. So I so sautéing chickpeas with some za'atar, and then just putting that in a bowl with some some greens and some sliced radishes and some cold flaked you know sort of almost juicy I'll say salmon and it's this very lovely bowl you're going to dress it with I forget what it is but it's probably just a very simple lemon vinaigrette it's delicious and it really works and it, and it's very fast to do that because all you have to do is heat up the chickpeas with some spices so I think that salmon can work and, and we can get over our aversion to day-old salmon now I don't know about any other fish I haven't I'm, I'm not gonna like a white fish or swordfish stick. I mean, I guess I would sort of keep it around, but I wouldn't heat it. Back because
0: you up. think it would be dried out. What if you turn it into like a cake though? Or some kind of like patty or a burger?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's that I think it would be really great. I also think that again, you could you could throw it into a soup or to a brothy situation, uh, to kind of warm it up gently there. Yeah, I think that you, or or a chowder. Actually I have made like a very fast chowder from um I had some leftover, I don't know what it was. I want to say it was halibut or something. But that I had I had leftover, I had some frozen peas, I had leftover halibut. I had some cooked potatoes in my fridge and I just, you know, I had chowder in about, you know, 10 minutes.
1: So I feel totally comfortable with this. I think I use salmon and if I cook salmon the day that I get it, I feel comfortable even leaving it for two days later. I agree with you that you can't reheat it though. Because then it's just like way overcooked. Um, yeah, I
2: think it's so, it's such a delicate thing to yeah. anyway, you know, that it could get, get overcooked so easily. I just feel like it just, I don't know. I think I was traumatized by a place I worked where a woman would come in and she would microwave fish from oh, her previous night's rough. dinner. And I am just like, what are you doing? Like, it's just, so I just feel like that turned me against reheating old fish.
1: But I have a question about steak because okay. I feel like, one of the beautiful things about steak is cooking it just right the first time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I don't understand how to reheat steak without completely ruining it. So the only way that I've ever next over steak is cold and salad, like cutting it really, really thin and then putting it on top of a salad, which my family likes. But do you have any other suggestions for steak or a meat that you just cook just right?
2: Yeah, I have I have suggestions, but I don't. They're they're cold. It's the same thing. I yeah. agree with okay. you completely. So, like in the in the book, we we next over uh, steak in a soba noodle salad, which is mm. really delicious a cold, with like a tahini dressing, and then in Bon Appetit, the February issue, I did kind of a new next over. It's the same same starting recipe, like some seared steaks, but I did a, an open faced sandwich. So, basically, it was very, you know, slicing the steak when it's cold, which, of course, you can get it so lovely and thin. And then sort of keeping it on the counter for as long as you can to let it temper. But then just pairing that, layering that on bread or toast with a bunch of mayonnaise and then putting a nice, like, fennel, very thinly uh, shaped fennel salad on top, which I thought was really, which, you know, if I say so myself, I thought was really lovely. So, um (laughs) So I totally agree. yeah, steak. Steak is. I mean, I want. Give me a steak sandwich, or give me a, a cold steak noodle, or something like that. Um, but I, I agree. Maybe not uh, heat it up. Although, although again, I'm wondering. I just feel like liquid can. can <laughs> I feel like that, that. I don't know why that made me laugh. But I, I just feel like doing something, doing like a, a wet preparation yeah. could save that. So if you yeah. want to, make, you throw it into like a stew or something, or maybe just like maybe you could get it to like kind of get it a little brazy and maybe relax the the collagens and fats a little bit, it would start to come apart a little bit if you if you kind of even like slow very, very slowly reheat it. I haven't tried that, but I bet that could work.
1: Well I was just thinking that when you said soba, I was like, oh I bet if you just do everything and then you have this hot broth and you slice the meat nice and thin and then you top it or dunk it right at the yeah. end, mm-hmm. and it just heats through, you know, right as you're serving it, that yeah. could be nice too. I guess yeah. it depends on how thinly you cut it. But that way you get the heat to sort of like warm up the meat and like you said, sort of like relax the fat, but not heat it through to the point where you're cooking it more.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think that could be good. And I'm thinking of like, oh, like you could do like a Vietnamese type thing, kind of like a fat ish yeah. soup kind of add that thinly sliced in at the very end. That could be really good.
1: But I also like this tip of letting it sit on the counter to temper. You know, that's another thing. Just because kids can also be really fickle about, you know, temperature and also when meat is not warm, like... The fat congeals and they see that and, you know, kids can be a pain yeah. in the ass. So just yeah. like having options. Plus you don't have <laughs> to do any work to, like, like, if it's just sitting on the counter.
0: You can be like right. helping with homework, like slice yeah. it and then help with homework or love whatever you that. need to do. Get a little laundry started
1: and then you're done. Oh, awesome. Didn't love the helping with homework <laughs> and laundry. But I know. Yeah. I'm like,
0: what else do I Practical. do? Uh,
1: make a cocktail? Make yourself love a cocktail it.
0: while the kids play? Yeah,
1: there you go, Megan. <laughs> okay. Drink big. Drink big, big <laughs> so, girl. One. Drink um,
2: big, yeah. Maybe? Wait, can I just say one thing? I'm sorry. Yeah. I just want to tell you, something I'm ex- I was very excited by that I want to share with you guys yes. since we're talking about next ovarian meat. Because I, mean, I don't have this conversation very often. <laughs> <laughs> My meatball recipe is in the book is a kofta style uh, meatball. So there's, there's no bread or anything in it. It's just like, it's just ground lamb or beef, onions, spices, some herbs, and that's it. And I cook them in the oven, uh like on the top rack. Just just for about 10 minutes. And I find they get done really soon. And oftentimes they get done before they brown. And so they're not the most beautiful things, but I'm putting them with sauce and so it doesn't matter. And I actually make a point of saying in the book, who cares if it's brown? If it, it, Would you rather have an overcooked brown meatball or would you have like a really nice, beautifully cooked meatball that just doesn't look as pretty? So but so the, the exciting thing that happened to me recently was I had, I'm gonna call them leftover meatballs cause I hadn't planned on doing anything with them. So they were leftovers and not nextovers. But they were because they had not, I hadn't s- cooked them in a skillet, and, or I hadn't taken them too far in the oven. They since they hadn't browned on the edges, it worked perfectly. I crumbled them and got them crispy in a pan, and Aww. used used that for what did I do with it? I know I put it on my Instagram, but I can't remember. But it was I I, I was sort of channeling a recipe, actually channeling a Alison Roman recipe from her book, where it's like crispy lamb with with some more chickpeas and she has to mix a little bowl with it so i was doing something like that but i thought that was re- it worked so well i thought i and i thought wow this is so weird that you know i'm recooking i'm actually cooking the hell out of this meat again but it worked because it wasn't overcooked at first it was nothing crispy about it in the beginning it was just like cooked but it was soft basically and then kind of just changed the nature of it by just getting crispy you know fat rendered out of it And so that was really good. And that was very exciting next over for me.
1: I love this. I just went to your Instagram, which um, we'll link to in the show notes.
2: Okay. Yeah. Um, What did I do with it? And you put it on top
1: of hummus. And I'm going to tell you why Oh yeah. I'm being specific about this. Because in my cookbook, Make It Easy, I also have a list of like my 10 favorite no cook meals or like low cook meals. Yeah. You did cook this a little bit. But this is the same idea where you take leftover chicken or buy rotisserie mm-hmm. chicken mm-hmm. and you just put it on top of hummus with some chopped tomato, cucumber. I'm Greek, so I add feta to everything mm-hmm. and feta. Here you just have the ground meatball that you browned beautifully with some mint and cucumber and olive oil, it looks like. It looks mm-hmm. like maybe you put a little hot sauce, which I always mm-hmm. love. And it's great. Like this, The idea of using hummus and some protein and throwing veg on top, is such a beautiful, easy meal, yeah. And I don't think that um, parents think of using hummus that way. They think of it as like a dip or a snack or a little extra side thing. And actually, like this can make a meal. Like it's the foundation of a meal in a lot of cultures.
2: Totally, um, and it's it, beautiful. Bon appétit had a really great way of putting this in the words when they were talking about yogurt, It's Greek plain yogurt. They were they call it yes, the yogurt. I just remote. read that. Um, so like getting that. Yeah, wasn't I thought that was so smart like, and also it made me mad yeah. cuz there are our colleagues and I'm like why did you <laughs> think of that and not me? But yeah, doing that with, with anything, hummus, uh, white bean puree, uh you know, obviously, yogurt. What else could you do with it? I, I know we came up with some others in a meeting recently. But anyway, I love that idea. And I do, I think you're right. A lot of people aren't hip to it yet.
1: Yeah, beautiful. Did you have another thought on next overing meat? I'm excited about the new <laughs> <meatball laughs> tip because we
0: have a forthcoming no. episode that's all about meatballs. And actually, we have like a whole thread in our listeners group where <laughs> it's all these parents just being like, yes, meatballs because I can sneak veggies in, meatballs because they do leftover well, depending on how how you cook them um, meatballs. Cause I can like dress up yeah. anything, any kind of meat, whatever's on sale yeah, and you, turn it into right. dinner. But we really hadn't talked about the idea of like changing the shape of the meatball once it's cooked and crisping it in the pan. But it does sort of lead into the next question, which is like, what do you think is the most important shift or like mindset that you need to be in when it comes to mastering next over cooking?
2: you have to be in a mindset of uh, in an organizational mindset. I mean, it, like I said before, it really is all about being intentional about your cooking. And next of I should I should say that um, when we talk about next overs here at Epicurious, we're usually talking about it in the context of Cook90, which is our, which is, you know, what the book is based on. It's our January challenge, although you can take it any month where you cook everything you eat for an entire month, every breakfast, lunch and dinner. And in order to do that, in order to be be successful, that you have to be really organized, and it all goes back to the meal plan, which then leads to the shopping list, which then leads to the next overs, all this stuff. So when we talk about next overs, we are specifically talking about a, a mindset of, okay, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna get my cooking life in order. And I'm going to be really aware. And I keep on looking for another word for intentional, but that's just the best one, just intentional about the way I cook and the way I and and what's coming in and out of my fridge. So I don't think that's the way people have to cook all the time. But I think when you do kind of make an exercise out of them, when you do do what I, I call it high intensity interval cooking, when you do do that, you come away with a lot of lessons and you learn a lot about the way you like to cook and you learn about sort of this, the kitchen ecosystem you can create if you're cooking frequently. And then you can kind of take those skills with you when you aren't doing cooking idea, when you're being a little bit less intentional, which again, I go back and forth, you know, like in the summer, I'm much more of an improvisational cook. And I don't know what I want to eat. And I don't know if I want to eat at all. I just might want to drink, you know, so it goes back and forth. But but when it comes to next overs, I think you got to be in an organizational mindset.
1: I think that's a great point. Because this idea of, you know, having different seasons with the way that you cook is very real in family life, you know, both within a year, you know, because summer, it's the same thing, whether you're a parent or not a parent, You know, everybody just wants to relax, you know, whether it's because you're sitting by the pool with the kids and you don't care and you just want to get as much outside time as possible, or you just want to hit the bar after work with your friends, you know, and you come home and you've already had two margaritas, (laughs) 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 whatever the case may be. Um, But then also, there are like bigger seasons. Megan mentioned earlier that she's more of a meal planner. I used to be too, but her kids are four and seven minor 9 and 12. I now have shifted to being a meal prepper only because our life is much more variable. You know, my 12-year-old called me at 3:30 and was like, "Oh, I'm going to go out with my friends after school" because now he's mobile around New York City on his own and, you know, all of a sudden our afternoon schedule was totally different Mm -hmm. and he's going to grab pizza with his friends and, you know, well, there goes dinner. So meal planning just isn't practical for me anymore. So, you know, just, I love the idea of being in an organizational mindset because I think that that feels like less pressure. Mm -hmm. Also something that I don't think a lot of people who don't like to cook want to hear but really, a lot of it is sort of muscle memory isn't quite the right term, but so much of it is just getting in the kitchen and cooking. Yes. The more you do it, the more it's just like circling back to the very beginning of our conversation and what you said. Right. Like, once you realize that making one cup of rice is the same as making three cups of rice, you're like, why would I ever make one cup of rice? And it's become right. so right. cyclical that I, you're just like exactly.
0: always cooking a little bit for your future self and helping that person out.
2: Yes.
1: Totally. Yes.
2: I always, I get a rush out of that. Like I, I love, I'm not a big like Sunday prepper. I, I'm mm-hmm. not, I, that's just not how I want to spend my Sunday. But I do get a rush of like on a, on a, any night of the week, if I think to, oh, I'm going to soak these beans. Oh, and I'm just going to pop this vegetable in the oven. And just, I just kind of get really excited. I have, I don't, sometimes I have no idea what I'm going to do with that stuff. But I know that it's going to help a lot in Avoiding the work cafeteria, which is terrible here. Uh, Are you allowed so, to say that? You know, sign a no, like non disclosure
0: about the cafeteria?
2: <laughs> Do you know what? I, I said that on the Bon Appetit podcast, and my boss, Adam, who's the host of that podcast, was like, You can't say that. And I was like, Who's going to dispute this? Like, this is not. I'm just like,
0: saying the facts here.
2: This is not really <laughs> yeah. this is not a hot take. You know? Hilarious. Uh, so. Yeah, I could say it on your podcast. I think they cut, I think they actually cut it from the well, Podcast. But hilarious. I'm gonna get that message out. I'm gonna get it, <laughs> Here it out. Is. On your podcast. Do it. You yeah. keep saying it, David.
1: <laughs> Right, right.
2: You can't silence me.
1: Don't. We're gonna, yeah. we're gonna help you. Thank you. Well, this is great. And this is so helpful. Thank you so much for being on Didn't I Just Feed You? We so appreciate your time. And everybody needs to get the Cook 90. And actually. Follow you on Epicurious.com if they aren't already and on your Instagram, because Thank so you. many of your articles kind of get to this idea and also just great recipes. That Thank too. you guys. That is
2: very sweet. Yeah. I agree with everything you just said. Everyone needs to buy the book and follow me on Instagram. Yeah. It's sort It should be law.
1: <laughs> it should be. It should be. Yeah. We yeah. do. We follow the law. <laughs> so there you go.
0: Real quick, instead of closing this episode with a lightning round, we have a request from David. He wants us to try out a Cook ninety recipe, and we're going to share it in our listeners group. And we want your feedback on it. Here's a little bit more about that from David.
2: It's a skillet cookie. You make it in, in you know, in a cast iron skillet, and then you cut it into squares or whatever, or triangles, whatever you want. But I made this with a young person, a nine year old. Is this with, one of your uh, nephews?
0: Because you've talked about it, them before. I, I,
2: I'm, I'm no, my nephews. I'm obsessed with them, and but this no, is not another nine-year-old. of them it was a, a friend of a friend's okay. daughter. Okay. Another, another nine-year-old <laughs> I hang out with, who was just who was really excited to cook from the book. You know when people come to you and they say like, "Oh, you know, my so and so, my kid, you know, re- really wants to play with you, really want you know, really wants to cook from your book." I'm like, "Yeah, sure." Like they don't even know the book exists, but they do <laughs> sometimes. But then. Well, yeah. Then she got on the phone and she's like, yeah, David, we're going to make the cinnamon chocolate uh, chunk skillet cookie, but we're going to leave out the espresso powder because I don't want espresso in my cooking. I was like, "You're yeah, like, yes, okay. we yeah, we us do that. that. <laughs>
0: okay. But is there controversy about the so cookie? So we did this. That's and what cook- you want our, re- our listeners to weigh in on?
2: Which yes, is what? Which is, well, so I made the cookie with her and, you know, it was cooking with a, a kid. So I was looking at her, you know, measuring the flour and stuff. And I was like,
1: that's. <laughs> having a heart attack. That's not
2: going to this is going to turn out interesting. Like, I don't know. Like like it wasn't quite right. And then the cookie came out of the oven and it was by far the best I had ever ever seen it.
1: Snap!
2: So I was like, what happened? And then I went home. I was like, I have to figure out what happened. And I very quickly realized that, you know, I had made, I had to uh, develop this recipe for a 12 inch skillet and we had Ah. made it in a 10 inch skillet. (gasps) So it sort of had this reaction of, I mean, something happened where the cookie got this like crust on the top, and then it was like just really kind of almost molten in the middle. Yeah. And so it was so it was so good, warm. It felt it was it was just really delicious. And so I'm really I'm I mean taking taking votes on which is which is better, the twelve inch or the ten inch. So they can find that recipe on the site. Okay, I love it. Exact same thing, just throw it in a ten inch. And actually, I think more people have a ten inch anyway. I
1: think you're right. I'm not supposed to say I love it so much, <laughs> but I do. This one deserves okay, a real, gonna genuine Okay, we're going to find Stacey, the I recipe and put it in the <laughs> listeners group and get some feedback before this
0: episode airs so we can give you an update when it goes live, like what people thought. Oh, love right. it. Perfect. Cool.
1: Thank you, David. It was so nice talking to you. This was awesome.
2: Yeah, nice talking to you guys too. All
0: right, Stacey, I'm definitely making that skillet cookie this weekend.
1: I mean, is it hard to get us to try to bake a cookie (laughs) skillet and see which is gooier (laughs) (laughs) also
0: for me it's a perfect segue (laughs) into my top three food emojis from this week because guess what one of them them is a cookie (laughs) um but what are your top three food emojis from this week stacy
1: not a cookie not a cookie oh you're living healthy over here i mean sort of it starts with pepperoni pizza (laughs) <laughs> but although I have to say, okay, I feel like this is a very Brooklyn. I've got a very Brooklyn emoji set this week. Okay, a slice of pepperoni pizza, sweet potato, and a salad. That is, that's a healthy Brooklyn diet. If you yeah. ask me, right? It's, well it's healthy rounded. food and pizza. Pizza is considered healthy food in Brooklyn. Boom. How about you, Megan? Um,
0: I feel like mine should have included a potato to be very Boise-centric, but it doesn't. It's just a chocolate chip cookie, a burger, and broccoli, which at some point we're going to have to talk about how broccoli seems to be the only green vegetable that my kids will eat right now, and I'm so tired of it. Like, I need some new broccoli ideas. Maybe we should ask that in our listeners group, That's a great idea. All right. All right. The only broccoli, not even string beans? Uh Emmett likes green beans, string okay. beans, but not always right. Ella. But right. broccoli, right. both of them will eat. So it's like, I feel like we're eating it once, twice a week. That's funny. My kids are both anti-broccoli
1: right now. It's a season, right? And my and my 12 year old too. I'm like, really? Are we over refusing certain vegetables? Like yeah. grow up. Just kid. eat it. Just grow up. You're 12. <laughs> how's that on a note to end on it's beautiful i love you like it. that i do grow up 12 year old come on you're practically an adult now and on that note tell us where tell us where we can find us stacy <laughs> find us as didn't i just feed you on instagram and facebook where you can also join our private listeners group the answer to the secret question is
0: whiskey most importantly, subscribe to Deny Just Feed You so you don't miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, we hope you do. Tell your friends about us and leave us a review on iTunes. It makes a really big difference. And just so you know, we read every single review and we send them to each other too. We're like, how great is this? I know. We love you guys. Can we, we just pause really and do. say that? We love you. Aww,
1: yeah. Our music is Good Old Times by Alex Cohen, provided by Jim Endo. A huge thank you to our editor, Jeremy Enns, and the team at Counterweight Creative. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well fed until next week.
2: Thanks for listening. Don't forget to smash all five stars on iTunes and subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding us kids and families. Mommy
1: needs that.